Wow. I'll never drink another beer. Beer here. I'll take ten. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Canning Run Podcast. We're outside again. It's a beautiful day. We're doing a COVID-19 share, socially distanced. Um, yeah. We are we are all currently 100 feet apart right now. We are 100 feet apart. 106. Yes. It's, you know, you need um, that extra Extremely six. safe. Yeah. We're pleased that you're here with us. Um, my name's Tony. Tom. Justin. And today we're doing a share. And the first beer is... Key Bump, which is a triple India pale ale brewed with El Dorado, Mosaic, Motueka, and Simcoe uh, by Hoof Hearted Brewing. My nose is burning already. From the Key Bump? <laughs> yes, from the Key Bump. <laughs> this is a 10.5% alcohol. Ooh. It is going to burn, though, because it's a triple IPA, so prepare your esophagus for fuckery. Yeah, you guys said to bring an IPA next time, and uh, I went out and got a triple IPA for Three you. Three and one. Yeah. Hmm. It's actually not overly. It's like smooth at first. Yeah, what like the hell uh, is that? I'm a little surprised. Um, but I got some like booziness. I don't know. Oh, oh yeah, just, oh, I got sip some... one. We'll we'll see how it goes. I got some major. I saw booziness. a little cringe there from Tony. Let's <laughs> hear those thoughts. Um, well, this was packaged uh, July third, right. so a little over a month old. A little over a month. Uh, I will say when I first drank it, delightful. Hmm. It was like melony. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wait, you're talking I, just now. Oh, just now. Yeah. yeah. And, and then it trailed into like some like definite hop fall off and booziness, which I think you guys were saying. If you could have a quarter of an ounce of this beer, I would drink it. But <laughs> uh, I, I, I think actually my first sip, that melony nails it. Like I, I feel like I take to like had a nice wedge of honeydew melon, took a big bite and it was juicy, juicy and delicious, and then I swallowed it, and it's just hot burn, though. So it's just... It's a hot burn? No, sorry, not hot burn. Alco- uh, boozy burn. Booziness. Like Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I agree with. So it's just like, maybe it's like if you take a honeydew melon and just, like, soak it in vodka, uh, and, you know, it, it stings a little on the way down. I don't know. <laughs> I bet if this was an 8% double, it would be unbelievable. I don't know if I've gone on this rant yet, but just how, like, triple IPAs, in my opinion, really shouldn't even exist. Well, they make quadruples too. So I know, those, those isn't that crazy though? Like, burned. and I remember talking to some buddies when when quadruples started to like come out a little more, you know, years ago now. But when I remember for a long time, I'd never even had a triple, and it was like a big deal. The first time I had a triple, actually, I was with you, Tony, um, and we were like, trillion? "Holy shit, a triple IPA!" Was that Trillium? No, it was, um, I remember we had it at your aunt and uncle's. Okay. Um, I don't remember what it was, but we were like Triple geeking crossing? out. Huh? Triple crossing? I, I honestly, okay. I, I couldn't remember, but That's fair. Uh, I'll look it up. But it, it was a big deal that we had a triple IPA. And I remember it was in our stage of kind of lying to ourselves <laughs> about like, when it, like it definitely didn't taste good, but we were like, oh yeah, this is awesome. Like, um, and so yeah, no, I totally agree. If this was an 8% double, it would be probably perfect it's funny i actually i can't remember the name of a single quadruple or triple ipa that i've had because they're they're mostly forgettable they're the only memorable ones are memorably bad in my opinion yeah and i don't even remember the the name i don't i don't remember the names and i don't remember the breweries yeah because they're honestly usually terrible 
I know. I know. I had a triple uh, IPA from Finback that was there. It was for their like fifth year anniversary, I think, and it was all right. I mean, it was very much a Finback IPA, but like they they they're so good at making just straight up IPAs and double IPAs that it's just I don't know. You don't have to go to the triple territory. Yeah, I, I mean, you don't really need to get anything above ten percent alcohol for an IPA. You just don't need it. No. It's not uh, refreshing if it's more than that. No. More than eight, really. It takes away. It, it kind of takes away from the experience, to be honest. Yeah. What, Thomas? Uh, sorry, I just I just went back and had to look at that. The first triple I ever had, at least according to my Untapped, which you know used to be, be uh, you know, your my Bible. Bible. So yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> oh, right. Uh, <laughs> Simtra Triple IPA by Knee Deep Brewing. I remember. Yeah, Simtra. We had it um, the same night we had Never and Again from Trillium. Oh. Okay. So talk about Bernie IPAs that we probably were like. Oh my god, this tastes so good, um, but like, didn't. <laughs> Interesting. I That's can't remember awful. the last thing I had from Knee Deep. I think that might probably be that. Good. Breaking, <laughs> really? Breaking Bud. I think is they got a lot of good oh, like yeah, IPAs. Oh okay. uh, yeah, yeah. I think, oh man, they have another. Like one. has like the conicals on there. That's interesting. Yeah. No, not conicals. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Send us an email. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I'm kind of enjoying this more as it as it opens. Yeah, no, I talked a lot of shit after my first sip, and as I've had each other sip, it's not bad. It's just it actually does not burst with flavor like you you would expect for something that's been hopped three times. It's pretty one. It's Ooh. one note. Yeah, yeah. I don't no. know that. I I'm kind of getting a uh, just that grain water you get after like the hops <laughs> fall off. <laughs> uh, uh, the, like the malt bomb. Yeah, malt bomb. Like it's just like malt booze bomb. Yeah, Spears I got that initially. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's all over the. It place. really is. Yeah. <laughs> After a night of heavy drinking last night, though, uh, this is definitely bringing up some <laughs> some fucking shit already. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of burn. I agree with you. I, I guess I was trying to like delude myself into thinking that this was like going to be great. I, I I have to say I didn't trade for this. I bought this in a in a Massachusetts liquor store. I was gonna wow. actually that was gonna be my next question, uh, just because who farted? Did <laughs> who farted? Sorry, that's always gonna get me. Uh, <laughs> um, did you used to trade for that? Uh, I did actually, very small period of time with this yeah. one guy, great guy. But then I just stopped and I didn't restart. Like some of it's good. Yeah, but I don't really care about IPAs that much. I like kind of yeah. like stopped. I stopped trading for hops. We we don't you don't need to trade for IPAs when you live around here. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. Like not only that, but uh, it's probably the worst style to trade. Yeah, it is. I agree. There's a lot you have to think about. To be fair, like we could have traded for this and still would have been as old. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but it is crazy to think that a brewery like that that two years ago was like heralded as like one of the best IPA breweries in the country. Well, you know, top fifty is now in distro. Yeah, I mean, that could... My initial thought is it could be a COVID thing. Um, That's a good point. But, um... I don't know. We're, we're gonna, we should have a... You know, side note. We should dive into that someday. Just about everything COVID is really affected. Because, I mean, this is a perfect yeah. example. I, I was shocked when you said who farted. And, um... I feel like the COVID <laughs> stuff comes up in every episode we do. But you, you, we definitely could spend a whole episode. Yeah, there's... That. I mean, there's just so many, so many potential... Um, implications that you know things that have changed things that have happened and uh business practices that have been altered because of 
because of this. So Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I'd love to break it into kind of a series where like we talk to a brewer about it and then we talk to like a brewery owner. Yeah. And then we talk to like somebody who works at say, uh, I, I don't know, a, a place where they make malt, right? where they like make and send malt. True. Uh, someone who, a hop supplier. Like it would just be interesting to see how like COVID's affected every every realm of like beer making it would just be really interesting to see it and hear from yeah. folks I'm, maybe maybe we can think of that you know if that sounds like a great idea send us an email yeah definitely if you're a brewer yeah well come I mean, hang I, out I, I, I or already, if you're just a viewer who like really wants to hear about that perspective you know shoot us an email yeah i'm i'm excited for us to do our first like phone interview with uh you know some of our brewing friends who i think th- i think they would have a lot of interesting stuff to say not only just about beer in general obviously but the covid stuff like like our friend jeremy like i feel like he would have some really big ideas about like what it means to like brew now and like yeah who's gonna make like i still think that we could see some like a big uh like i I feel like craft beer is like a bubble and to me, the fact that it hasn't been popped yet, especially by all this shit, is almost a miracle. So I, I, th- think, I think I you'll see some stuff happening soon. I thought that this was going to accelerate the death of the small, all the, the microbreweries. Yeah, yeah, I thought the little guys were gone. And the, you know, and I think we we might have touched upon this because I'm having a little deja vu now. Um, but I, you know, I think it and it could happen, and we just might not know because, unfortunately, we don't, you know, we don't get to those breweries as much as we should. And, you know, especially right now, we're definitely not going to make the voyage to a, you know, small brewery that we don't know that has outdoor seating. You know, that's, I don't know, that's not not my cup of tea right now. Uh, not only from a safety perspective, but it kind of ruins just the atmosphere of it. Yeah, I, I, I know I sound weird saying yeah, no, that, but like, nobody, like, it's, I don't the know. Vibe's not like the vibe's not the same. The dining experience and the drinking out experience is the atmosphere you get. And not only you know we have the safety aspect of it but even if it was safe and there was still all this um you know other things going on to you know increase safety it just it does ruin the experience of it too to a certain extent so like i'm not rushing out to do i I was having this conversation with someone yesterday about how like like the brew the brewing i mean the uh the brewery experience compared to a bar experience is very different, mm. but like they've both kind of been ruined by this whole pandemic. Like, like at a bar, like you interact with other people that you don't know a little bit. Breweries, you kind of stay more to yourself, but you still do interact with other pe- other people. And like, but now it's like you have to like stay far apart. You gotta like. Ad- I went to a restaurant where, like, when you were talking to your server, they wanted you to put your mask on, so you're like constantly putting the mask. Oh wow, on yeah, on. that's like, yeah. And that and this this is a place in Boston. It was called Charlie's Kitchen, and we're sitting there, and a giant rat runs right behind <laughs> my girlfriend. <laughs> and Un- like, unbelievable. And I was like, "You're worried about catching? You got like r- rats?" Shout out side. Charlie's Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean excellent burgers. Delicious hamburgers, probably made from rats. Yeah, it's a rat. <laughs> yeah, it's a little. Uh... We allegedly, allegedly, rats were seen. Yeah, yeah. No, no. This, no. I love Charlie's Kitchen, and it might not have been a rat. It could have been like a like very a small large cat or a mouse. Uh, mouse. <laughs> well, a small is... cat could have been a guinea pig. Yeah, it's the know. owner's pet, probably. Yeah, uh, maybe a ferret or a marmot. 
or maybe I maybe I like or cracked my back and had maybe like just a, a big rat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny, but at the same time, I feel like there are two like types of people. There are the people that have mice in their house, and the people that say they don't have mice in their house, but definitely still do because everybody <laughs> has mice in their house. You think so? I, I do. Know. I've never seen one of them. I don't know. You're the kind of person that says you don't have mice in your house, but probably do. Maybe. I don't know. They, Set a they trap. Built the, they built those walls me. tight, Tom. Go buy a jar of Jif peanut butter and a bunch you of traps. Jiffy? Jiffy? Is that what it is? No. no it's Jiffy. It's Jiff. Yeah. Remember Jiffy, like the uh, the Mandela? Yeah, the Mandela effect. It used to be called oh, Jiffy. Oh, right. Now it's Jiff. Yeah. Uh, Mom's like, you, you know what, just get Skippy, fine. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. uh, hey, set some traps and get back to me. Or maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll set one of those exploding trillion beer cans down there. I'll <laughs> be attracted to the sweetness, and then bam, the can will explode. Kill them, rat. Do you have a cat? No cat. Mm. Not a cat guy. Mm. Uh, I have a cat. The cat has yet to find a mouse in this house we're currently next to. Or maybe uh, it just eats them straight off the hole. That could be. I think it's possible, uh, so I'm not going to be a doubter, but yeah. I haven't seen it. I actually, I heard this on... No, I mean, it's it's probably not true. I'm just kidding. Uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, house, apparently house cats kill, like, billions of mice a year. Billions? Billions. My cat will kill them and then just lay on them. It's kind of weird. They've, they've done some study. Well, they... Yeah, because your cat just wants to kill shit. Yeah. Like, your cat doesn't have the urge to eat them anymore, but, like... Oh, speaking of that, I got a really messed up story. If, if we have to cut this, that's fine. If, if we want to cut it, it's fine. I just need to share it. Uh, so I was out in my backyard, and my dog um, was, like, sniffing around, and he always chases rabbits. Always chases rabbits. He's fat and slow, never comes close. Uh, and so he's, you know, sniffing around in some tall grass, a little bit of a field, and I hear a little squeal, and I'm like, is he doing anything? I looked, and he's just, you know... You know, head down. I'm like, okay, he's not like in a rabbit nest or anything. And I heard it again. And I walked over, and there's a little nest of newly born rabbits. Uh, and the bastard just ate them all. <laughs> just <laughs> one by one, uh, swallowed them. And like, I tried to get, and it wasn't, it wasn't a vicious thing. <laughs> yeah, this I is think a hilarious was, story. <laughs> I, I, I was, I watched, I saw it, and it was, it was equally hilarious and horrifying at the same time because, like, uh, he just like gobbled not up like five to seven baby rabbits and there was nothing I could do about and it. And he was still hungry for dinner. No, he <laughs> threw up. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think it's a territorial thing, so let's just cut all this. Well, I just wanted oh, to yeah, well, share we, that weird story oh about Oh my god. Just, just to go along with your story though, not the dog that we have now, but the dog that we had before did the same thing. But I don't it wasn't seven. I, I could be <laughs> exaggerating. I don't know how many it was, but um and he was just so casual about it, like not out. vicious. And I think it was, you know, I, I think is a territorial thing. And he just, he He's like, just, I gotta do this. Like, <laughs> if you looked up, if you had like a, a picture, a GIF dictionary where you look up a word, <laughs> and you looked up gobbled, it would be a GIF of my dog gobbling Baby infant bump. rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> well, next beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we got a beer from Tool. So it is, uh, this is international, right? They they don't brew here, Yeah, where are right? they from again? Uh, I don't know. Europe? They got a lot of weird, yeah, somewhere in Europe. I don't know if it's 
I'm not sure. We'll, we'll find out. For some reason, I want to say Sweden, but I could be totally That's, wrong. Yeah, th- I, th- I think you might be right about that. Uh, this is Tool's One Ton of Pomegranate. It is a sour mashed ale brewed with pomegranate. And uh, this is how they describe it. New addition to the One Ton series. A sour mashed ale brewed with one ton of pomegranate per 1,000 liters. And re-fermented with Tool Instant Crush Bread. So yeah, that's where that bread smell comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, They're from uh, Denmark, by the way. Copenhagen. Denmark. Oh, okay. Copenhagen. Denmark. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Just look that up, too. Yeah, I've always liked Tool stuff. Like, I don't get it super often because it's usually on the, like, the more experimental side, but... Uh, Their cans can be expensive, too, because, you know, one tons of pomegranate is, is not cheap. It's not cheap, no. Wait. I, I, I think it's delicious to start. I... Uh, I don't think it's like overly pomegranate. It's either. not. It's not. It's you get like, a lot of the bread. You get more bread than it's pomegranate. Just, I get more funk. Like right. it's just I just get the I would funk. expect the, the, the liquid to be red. Right. Pomegranate is very, very red. Like looks like blood. Having said this, it's delicious. It is I good, but it's not it's not anything it's like nice. I thought it was. It's not be. what I was expecting. It tastes Based like off a, what I've uh, had from this series before. Huh? I've had other beers from this series. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, like the raspberry one, that's definitely more like... That was red. Yeah. And it was like raspberries. Maybe they uh, forgot to add the pomegranate. Maybe. Maybe this is just the base beer. Base beer with bread. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I'm a fan. It's refreshing. It's a little, little acidic. A little acidic. But, I mean, that's what it is, basically, so I'm not super surprised by that. It's sour beer. I, I think it's almost got like a uh, lambic esque smoothness. I was gonna say to it that. reminds me of some of the fucking real whales that we had last yeah, week. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't know if it's just like the way it's in my palate, but it's uh, I'm impressed. Yeah, it's, it is good. This is probably one of like the more surprising tool beers that I've had, but it's just it. I don't know if it's surprising because it's not what we expected or if it's I don't know. I, I feel mean, like some I'm, like tomato vibes, which is interesting. Oh, weird. I'm getting like the sweetness of the fruit without the flavor, if yeah, that makes sense. I, it, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I, I think, wonder if that comes from the booze or if it comes from the beer. I think pomegranate is a subtle flavor. Like, like if, like, have you ever gotten one of those like little palm wonderful, like where you just eat the seeds? Yeah. Like it's a pretty, it's a pretty refreshing, not over yeah. the top kind of flavor but sometimes when you get those palm juices it's like super tart and i i don't know but but that's a that is a like super concentrated yeah that's a concentrated refined thing like like the actual (laughs) seeds of the pomegranate aren't you know it's kind of like like eating an actual orange compared to like orange juice like orange juice kind of like is almost like tart an orange is like much more sweet and watery and light that's so true Yeah. yeah that's a good point um but yeah, that's. I don't know, like, like, like you said with the raspberry one. The raspberry one is like super red. Like, you get a lot of that. I think raspberry, the flavor of raspberries, like it's more of like a tart thing that kind of goes with this style of beer. Pomegranate's a little bit smoother and not. Right. It's not really as tart or tangy. So maybe it just doesn't pop out of this beer the way that the raspberries does. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think. It's got like subtle complexity, but it's enjoyable, yeah. and it makes it more drinkable. It's like not overly tart. Uh, a little bit of burn 
for me. Yeah. Just a yeah. tad, like the smallest amount. Mm. What's the um? Sorry, it was how much was it? Pomegranate seeds? Uh, what'd they say? It, it just was? it just says one one ton of pomegranate per one thousand liters. Okay. What's per instant one? crush bread? I don't know. Sounds like a. It sounds like the the uh, the Camel Crush cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you crack it and now you get a uh, whole different experience. Uh, my one. Oh man. Those are so good. Critique <laughs> of this beer would be that it fizzed over so much when you yes. opened it that it's a little flat for me. Oh, 100%. Yes, that's a great point. And we just we actually just did an episode about beers that exploded and this beer we kind of explode. We, it didn't explode. We had a conversation about I mean, how it fizzes, it's kind of it exciting when it fizzes and goes over the top. Even though it pissed me off cuz it was really hard to pour. It kept running down the side of the can when yeah. I was pouring it. Messy so, pour. This Not your a, fault. Just, just oh, this is very nice. On the uh, the untapped page for this beer, it's a sour mashed ale brewed with one ton of pomegranate per 1,000 liter, like you said, and re-fermented with the Tool Instant Crush Brett. Yeah. And they actually tell you the malts. Oh, what we got? Dextrose, Munich malt, Pilsner malt, and wheat malt. And it's got Aurora and Hallertau Blanc mm-hmm. for hops. Very interesting. You definitely get some hop flavor in it. It's that that uh, that like style. I, I always just associate it with the uh, like uh, I don't know European hops in terms of uh, I don't know if they're actually from Europe, but just that I associate it with the European beers because yeah, I, I, I forget that fan. they even put hops in these fucking beers yeah. sometimes. <laughs> Um, well, it's nice to get like the Hallertau because that's a, I believe it's a European hop. Yeah, yeah. So it's like much more like herbal. Yeah, no, that's a good herbaceous. Way you yeah. know, it's it's nice. That's what I like about European hops. This is definitely a well-rounded beer. Like nothing is jumping to the forefront. That like it's it's it's. Harmonious flavor wise. Yeah, it's insane to me because and I'm as I'm taking more sips, it's uh I feel like I'm drinking a beer with pomegranate juice but without the pomegranate flavor. Like I'm getting all the sensations of pomegranate without the flavor. If that like I know that sounds weird, but it's like sweet and like I I have like the juiciness from and the it's fruit. Light. It's not it's heavy. just yeah, it's yeah. uh it's weird. I just in a, good a little way. bit. I, I think it's a little confused. Really? Yeah, just a tad. Like I'm not getting, I'm not getting like the full picture. Yeah. Like it doesn't all fit perfectly in place for me. Especially, and for I can't this... tell you why, because like everything that you're saying, I agree with. But no, there's I know something what you mean. about yeah. it that like confuses me. Especially for this series, like having had the the raspberry one. Which... I think I've had the black currant too. Yeah. What was different about those? Just more of a... Were, were they more cohesive? They were way more fruit-forward. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, and you would think that that's their goal with this series is a fruit... If you're going to put a fucking thousand tons of anything into something, yeah. you better... You, you're probably expecting that's going to be the forward flavor. I know this is a weird thought, but when they say a thousand pounds of pomegranate, do they just take whole pomegranates? Because if so, like, half of that weight... It's just this pulpy shell with with nothing really. So yeah. I'm I'm kind of curious. Like, my like I I bet they did that. 
and I'm only saying that just from a cost perspective, like that, and maybe that's why you know the black currants and raspberries were so more fruit forward because right, it, it was it's literally like the whole fruit is full no of that waste. flavor. Yeah, yeah there's Where no wasted. A pomegranate you would have to break open and peel out those seeds, and even then they're kind of not they're they're mellow they're a little more mellow than like pomegranate seeds are a little more mellow yeah and that's another thing even with the seeds you got to imagine that the the only flavor from the pomegranate that's coming through in this beer is like the gel that's on the seeds like there's nothing that's going to come out of the seeds i don't think yeah that's true so there's there's a very minimal amount yeah so you'd probably have to if you wanted to do this beer the way that this like uh double it line yeah the way that this line of beers is supposed to like the one ton series they with pomegranate you probably do two ton four ton yeah eight ton. or at I least mean, just if you like think one about ton of seed only yeah what yeah what percentage of a pomegranate is that gooey juicy membrane right surrounding the seed because that's all it is that's yeah. all the flavor pretty much. i mean i think the seed has some flavor but you're not going to really extract anything out of that in the process of no. brewing i don't think maybe i have no idea I like it though. Yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm fan. Definitely, so. I'm definitely over it, but <laughs> like I'm ready for the next one. <laughs> uh, what's up next? I don't know. What are we feeling? We've had an IPA and a sour. So. I uh, I don't think I need a palate cleanser yet. I, no. I might be on board for a stout next. Ooh. Okay. And then uh, and then cleanse it with the Anna maybe. All right. Okay. I'm down with that. If anybody's on board? Yeah. All aboard. All aboard. All right, next up is Haunted Fields. This is a collaboration uh, brewed by Trillium uh, with the collaborating brewery Jay Wakefields. It Ooh. is an imperial stout aged on Spanish cedar with Moster coffee and vanilla. 14% ABV, so, you know, we're splitting a bomber three ways. We'll see how that goes. Oh, um, boy. Bring out the I gotta and say, the goblins. Bring out you, dead. I'm... Super excited to try this just because it is a Trillium J Wakefield collab that Tastes doesn't like have it. lactose in it. Like this is, like this is not classified then as a pastry stout, which is uh, just really gets me excited. It's a big <laughs> deal for these it, two. This yeah right. It's like they collaborate on affogato. They like that was a staple beer in it the. Smells toasty. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good description for this. I don't know what else, like almost like almond. Yeah, nutty. Is, is that, dare I say, a flavor you get from the brewing practice and not the uh, <laughs> not just an added almond ex- extract or something? No, nah, I hate to, to spoil it for you, but they actually just uh, took almond extra- extract and dumped it right in there. Uh, it's sweet. It's sweet. I was going to say, it, it's for not being a pastry boy... It's pretty lobby. much. It's pretty much a pastry boy. Yeah. Uh, I got my like. It's. I respect it more than a pastry boy, because uh, you know there's no lactose. But that vanilla. It's a very sweet vanilla. Vanilla is very nice. It's very nice. It's, it's just a little present. too. It's pervasive. It's um. It, this is this is a reputation beer, in my opinion. Uh, these two breweries, some of the best in the uh, pastry stout. Uh, genre of craft beer in the in the country, in my opinion, at least. If they came out with this is a crowd pleaser because if they came out with this stout that wasn't as viscous as this, 
uh, they would have negative backlash, which is just unfortunate because uh, I think I would like it more, and I know the old me would like it more, and the now me would like it more. So it's. You I know, wish there was another note. Like I wish there was something that was more bitter to kind of cut that. Uh, that the, sweetness. The nose is, a, and I was hoping that Spanish cedar. I don't know if it was you know aged on like some kind of wood chip or something. I can do my digging on Untapped, but uh, Untapped's got all the info. Hey, I was wondering, should we tell people the uh, the ratings from Untapped for these, or is that? I know we we just had a conversation off. I think off the air about how dumb Untapped is, but I think it's kind of. So I think we should. I think and we should do this. Uh, and, and I think then we should give our commentary on it. So, uh, this is rated a 4.14. Seems about right. Um, Maybe a little high. I would say it's a little high probably just because... Um, it's a little too sweet. In, yeah, it's a little too sweet. And I don't know which biased... Me biased from just living in the New England area assumes that... Jay Wakefield is driving that rating up because they're more sought after here because yeah. Trillium's accessible. So, um, but at the same time, Trillium does have very highly rated beer because they're a good brewery, and I mean, a they're 4. also one four is pretty low for them. For Trillium or Jay Wakefield, both. Like for a collaboration between them, true. That's pretty low. No, that's true. Like usually, you see this above four point two five for these two coming together. Yeah, I mean, Affogato I think was like above four point five. I think it's nice that they make this a little confused with the cedar because it adds that interesting f- flavor profile that I think takes away from it being just an insanely sweet thing. Yeah, it's... Um, I'm grateful for it. They're... Uh, they say that... I'm sorry, I'm just scrolling through on taps. That the, in, honestly, the description is more of just a story about how the beer, how they got to brew this beer. Okay. Um, but they say it pairs well with hair-raising tales because it's a ghost story kind of thing. I, don't know. I think they were telling ghost stories one night. So <laughs> This is where inside jokes from brewers uh, just fall dead on the drinkers. Yeah. It's I, like, don't, I don't care. Just make it a little less sweet. Yeah, I just gave a pity laugh. <laughs> but my thing with the, like, and I don't know if it's just, like, my bad memory, but I feel like a lot of these uh, Trillium non-pastry boy stouts have this like sweetness thing going on where like there's like a vanilla flavor that like kind of like blends with the like the booziness that makes this weird sweet flavor in a good way in it's not a bad way but it's to me it's not it's a little like so i'm gonna bring next time or one of these times i have bottles of pm dawn which is there just average stout with cold brew coffee i'm pretty sure i have some from when i first started working there uh four years ago and of course (laughs) like i don't work there anymore uh and i know we've opened them you know every couple years i think it's been about two years so good and after we like that age two years was unbelievable Uh, well see it it makes sense because that would kind of cut some of that sweetness that i'm talking about in, I would be more, and I don't know if PM Don has changed in any way. Um, you know, I had absolutely nothing to do with the brewing process working there. Um, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm kind of curious if it has changed. I'd love to try one now versus then, just because then I, I thought, you know, I really think Trillium for a, their non pastry boy stouts 
um, were incredible back in the day. Like Secret Stairs, incredible, like chocolatey flavor, just uh, strictly from the malt, nothing added to that. And I, I think it's an excellent beer. So to, to me, that's the most like palatable kind of like stout flavor too. Is like a, is like a a nice chocolatey flavor that's not dominated by sweetness. Because then the chocolate right. is more of like a real chocolate flavor. Yeah, well, it's and it's the chocolate. Is, there's no cocoa nibs or anything. It's straight chocolate malt. I don't know actually what it is. Right. So I shouldn't even say that. But even though it's, you know, I'm assuming it's a chocolate malt. Um, I'm sure they say what kind of malt it is. If they don't, I've actually have no idea. Even though I worked there, so um, you know, but that darker, roastier malt adding that kind of flavor. Um, I miss that. I hope I have some more. I'll bring it next time. <laughs> yeah. I I love some of those more simpler, simpler, simply brewed beers. Yeah. Right. Because they taste better. They taste better. There's not too much going on. It's not too sweet. It's not overly viscous. It's just, like, pleasant. And then when there is something magical that happens in a beer that like that, it's, like, it's next level. It's not, like, you're not taking magic from like a candy bar or like an oreo i know we talk we talk about this every week but like (laughs) it's just there is something inherently better about a beer that is brewed traditionally and like like a guinness like a guinness stout like there's a reason why that's been a beer for like i don't know forever yeah hundreds of years i mean dry stouts are enjoyable yeah so enjoyable you know and and no one talks about those. No one brews those. I know. You know, what What I love about Cold Harbor, and I know we always talk about Cold Harbor, is that when they brew stouts, they brew stouts with good brewing practices, yes. and they often come out so good yeah. and, like, rich in flavor. And they're low ABV. They're, they're crushable in a way. Yeah, mustache is, yeah. what, 5.5%? It's, yeah, it's so small, and it's just, like, a coffee stout. Actually, and it's so it's divine that new one that ma- they made that I can't even think of the, the last, bottle what the, the bottled one no or? not the barrel age the barrel age one is great but they they also made like a new stout I don't know if I've had it yet um that I feel like we we had I think we did okay. last time we went there anyways great great beer yeah and it's again a low ABV like a little bit over five see that's what I love about Jeremy like the head brewer there is he doesn't he doesn't seem to like get caught up in all that and like all the craft beer shit. He's very true to like, like what he wants to do in beer, and that's just like tradition, like brew the way that he learned, not trying to just throw shit in to see what happens. Like he knows what he's doing when he's adding shit. Yeah, and 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 he's very methodical about it. Like there's reason for everything he does. Yeah. And like he's always thinking about how to improve his beers. Like talking to him about his process is like so enjoyable because like he'll like he'll like he'll really think and ponder and reflect on a recipe for a long period of time. And overall, the recipes always get better cuz he's always thinking ahead of how to improve it. Yeah. And it's like I, 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 I don't know. I, I've, we've been fortunate to have been there since their inception when they first opened to now. And, like, if you drink his Kolsch... Oh, it's amazing. It's sublime. And, and he's improved <laughs> all of their IPAs. Yeah, think about the first time that you had his Kolsch to now. Yeah. It is... I, I don't know if I've had a better Kolsch and, from anyone. And, and, and it's I, such an enjoyable beer to drink. 
So yeah. refreshing. Because it's so refreshing. It's so simple. But like that one flavor note that, well, the, there's several flavor notes, but like the pervasive flavor note. It's like bready. Yeah, it's yummy. bready. It's just delicious. Yeah. It's so scrumptious. It's, yeah. uh, and, and I that's love not, one right now. And that's not a beer that someone's going to trade for on untapped. And not that you could, or not on untapped, but it's not a beer that someone's going to trade for. Because everyone's looking for their palate to just get destroyed. Destroyed. Over yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And taken to town. It's just, it's, it's sad. It's, it's sad that that's what we want, and 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 like this beer is a perfect example of it. Like we were so excited. I know. I thought no it was going to be different. Like this, this is going to be a good one, and it is. It is good in its own right. It tastes like a Trillium, and Jay Wakefield collab. It tastes like Affogato without the yes, without it, the foof. It sucks because I think Trillium is so much better than this. Um, I don't know enough about Jay Wakefield to make that claim because Jay Wakefield has I only know them when they got hyped and from that you know it's this super big stouts like this um but having followed Trillium through those simpler times um it makes this beer makes me miss those times where and I I hate to say at that time you know we definitely went on a time you know went down a path where we were looking for the most viscous stouts too uh, before it was cool too, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That we is, were ahead of the times. We were actually ahead of the time, but I several think it, times. Yeah, we were ahead it, of the times. And I think it it hurt us though, because oh, I think it ruined us. We were we were I was done with the style when Affogato came out. I think that was the one. Affogato was the one for me that was like this is too much, um, and it was the lactose and that got me. But um, so many times that in. in it makes me appreciate more the simple, well-brewed, uh, simple stouts that have incredible character, whether it's from a barrel aging or just incredible brewing practices. Yeah, and, and going going back to just Jeremy at Cold Harbor because <laughs> I, I mean I, I we love Jeremy. Yeah, we and do. we love his beer. He's we our like friend. To support. I, you yeah, know, but it's not just that he's like he's a truly feel. magnanimous person, but his beer practice and philosophy is like oh he's legit so good yeah he's he is really so good. immaculate and i think part of the reason for that and i know that i'm sure most brewers start the way he does but he he's really like worked on the the most bare bone system to like beginning starting a brewery system which you know is better than your homebrew system but you know, not it, great. It was a top end homebrew system. Right, exactly. That and he he perfected. And and now and uh, now they're up to like a new commercial you know, like st- like high standards uh setup. Yeah. And and he's and he's worked through so many problems on those other setups that it just takes a lot of the it just allows him to focus on it's different things. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing in Having not, I, I of course I don't know. I've I've met him a few times. I think through you guys, and gotten the tour from you, Tony, because you know them so well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> the we fact that them. you gave me a tour of a brewery that you uh, a couple times actually, because uh, the first time I remember going and they had plastic fermenters. Uh, yeah. And then, like the next time Crazy. we went, the first time they had stainless steel. You're like, hey, you gotta see this, and we walked behind the brewery, like like past the bar through that door, and like. Uh, that's incredible. I love that. You know, love that through you And that's guys, what's but. nice about Jeremy is that he like you know he's just such a great and open person and a good friend that he's just like 
that's the type of environment and like to be fair will the owner he's the same way like yeah. they very much like respect their community and they're like they respect the people that have been there and help them work through it like you know we used to go all the time i went every single friday for a full year and it was like just jeremy and i hanging out really in the tap room because i went right when they opened on fridays this is when i was in grad school and i had fridays off amazing we just talk about everything it's hilarious and like getting to know some of the friday regulars was really fun but like beyond that like as more in time goes by like we would go for six months and then eight months and then a year but every time we go back it always feels the same they, their brewery more than any other brewery like like reminds me of like that brewing is art like yes like between jeremy and like i know evan's not there anymore evan's at lord hobo now no, right. he's at Treehouse. Oh, he's at Treehouse wow. now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jeremy left Cold Harbor. No, sorry. Uh, Evan. Uh, Evan left Cold Harbor, went to Lord Hobo, and now is at Treehouse uh, as a cellarman. It's amazing. But j- just it, like... Good for him. I mean, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, those he dudes, seems to like it. Those dudes are like legitimate, like... Like, they're, art, they're artists, basically. Like, they're both like into music and like... Like, uh... I don't know. Like, I remember I would talk to Evan about like like sampling like rap beats and stuff and just like all these like different yeah. audio things. He's an incredible rapper. It's I mean it's just funny. It's and even who who is the other Ian, right? Kyle. No. Oh, Kyle. Yeah. Oh, I Kyle. think I met Kyle. We Kyle's loved Kyle. Kyle. Yeah, Kyle's not there anymore. He didn't really strike me as the artist type, but him and that other guy were more of like the farmer like like just like uh He made really good mead. Yeah, like just doing things by the book. I'm happy that Jeremy is still there. He's the, is he the head brewer? Yeah, yeah he's, he's the head, head brewer. brewer now. And and I appreciate that because if um, a cellarman can go to Lord Hobo and then Treehouse, there's this you know weird. I don't want to say corporate ladder in a way, but in a way it is like you start out at a small brewery, you move up there, and then to get a bigger gig. And I, I like that Jeremy's there, kind of keeping it in like he's invested in it. You know, I'm sure he could. It's his baby now. Yeah, I mean, no, and yeah. I appreciate like, I mean, that, it, and I think it yeah. adds to more the the customer loyalty from you guys and plenty of other people in in the area, and uh, you know, they're beloved within they, the community. They are, um, they are everything that's right with craft beer. And when we have our uh, podcast award show, uh, <laughs> I'm going to nominate yeah. them for a few things oh, because yeah. I I think they're everything that's right with craft beer in terms of the atmosphere and caring about customers the community employees everything i I think they just do it right you you can't buy the experience that they give you like especially as people who go back like once especially once once they know who you are like and we've been lucky enough to go there for so long we're like we literally we have a a friendship with pretty much anyone who's who's works there or who is there like like the newer people even the newer people like uh the like the kid who runs like the front row yeah even even he's like an artist in a sense like he was selling his own like barbecue sauce there that was excellent it was so good and like uh, i mean it's just cool that they allow their employees to like to like connect yeah connect with people like like will the owner of cold harbor doesn't have to allow that guy to sell his his fucking barbecue sauce but it's actually (laughs) sick when you can dunk your free pretzel into the barbecue sauce tell the guy who's serving you beer you made a fucking amazing barbecue sauce all, all the while, Tony and I are 
playing the pretzel game of who can pick the salt with the most pretz- uh, <laughs> pretzel with the most salt on it. <laughs> that well, was a good game. It's a great game. Um, <laughs> we used to clear bowls. That's so incredible. Like, just like, mm. and dude, we we would often be looking at the same pretzel. Yeah. The number of salt particles on each pretzel is... Can you walk me through how this game is played? Because I I usually seek these out for my own... I just love salt. It's like a mental chess game where, like, you're looking at the board as pretzels, right? You you got a bowl of pretzels in front of you. You each take turns picking pretzels. Your eye... (laughs) The goal is to pick the one with the most salt because we're humans. We're like goats on fucking mountains and we're climbing mountains looking to lick, for salt licks licking like, salt right <laughs> but seriously <laughs> not, I would say 9 out of 10 times if it's not your turn you're eyeing the pretzel that this dude's picking up oh, of course and vice versa oh yeah oh yeah you know when it's not my turn and I see you take the one that I'm taking I'm like fuck yeah it, I mean and no so one, there's it, no winners there's no losers okay. it's only salt it, it, and, it's, and it's only friendship because we like have like <laughs> well it became spoken but an unspoken rule of like it's a boom, boom, boom. So we're not like both right. going in trying. Yeah, yeah. It's Do you eat right after you pick? It's very civilized. What? Do you yeah. eat the pretzel right after you pick? Oh, yeah, yeah, the whole point is to uh, eat the pretzels. For okay, sure. so so you're just <laughs> yeah, going one we're not one. Collections here. We're just I like, love that you're. <laughs> I, I kind of want. I was hoping that you were collecting so you'd each have a pile of pretzels. <laughs> we should do that. Salt one night we should do that, and then we should scrape all the salt off and weigh it. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, it'd be fun. We get like a nano scale, like something something you're supposed to measure like fentanyl on, and then, <laughs> oh, then we'll weigh it like that. Incredible. Um, yeah, no, that we will do that next time. Uh, Back to Cold Harbor for a second. I think uh, the hospitality I've been on the receiving end at Cold Harbor because of going with you guys, and it's just like, oh, like Tony and Justin's here with their scrub friend Tom like no. we'll hook him up with free beer and it's just like they understand just like and, and I don't even think it's like I you know of course I work in business so my thought is just like that's a great business move um, but really it's just a great move in general to like make everybody feel welcome and right. like you're just by being nice good people they're spreading this incredible culture that I think is what craft beer should be and what it intends to be. I really respect that. Every bar and brewery in America in one way or another is trying to like recreate, and I don't even watch Cheers, but they're trying to recreate Cheers. Everyone knows your name. Yeah. Like, you know what's going on with people. You walk into Cold Harbor and you're a regular there, you're going to see people that you know that are that you only know from going to Cold Harbor. Like there's multiple people that we know. You're gonna and you're gonna know more about these people than you would expect. You're gonna know what they did for a living. Yeah. Cool things that happen in their life. Like you're gonna get free weed from people that grew it themselves. Like <laughs> crazy shit's <laughs> I got, gonna happen. I got a free some guy like just cracked a can of green from Treehouse. This was back in twenty sixteen when like Treehouse would release four beers, yeah, and it was just like two a week. And like, if you got green, like, hell yeah! And like, he's just like, yeah, fresh today, and just literally cracked open a can of green for us, um, which is weird that he did that at another brewery. But like, but that's the type of environment that they had there. Like everyone, like, community. had stake had stake in the community. You know, yeah. there was as you said, unity. You know, like unity was was the tap room. That was the essence. And like, 
you know, when Jeremy made a new beer, he was really excited to share it with us. You yeah, know what and I'm he saying? Would, and so he getting would, like just like little tasters of this and tasters of that and everything. So you're just like constantly trying everything that they have to offer and that they have to make because he's so excited for you to be excited about it like he is and then just like have a conversation about your thoughts. And, that's and that, a beautiful thing when the brewer is that proud of his product and excited to share it with you. I, I love that. And, it, and it's a different experience for the brewer to be wicked excited and want to share it with you. And literally, he'll go to the tank. Yeah, the bright tank. The bright tank. He'll Incredible. Pour right. it right out of it and give it to you. Are you kidding me? Like, <sighs> that that's an experience that and, heightens and and, the and even before the bright, like, and, and I think you were going this, but I said bright, so you said bright. But even, like, when it's still being fermented and you can have right, it when it's, like, little, not perfect. Right. And, like, it's, like, still being worked on. It's kind of cool to see it, like, before and then have it after. And they can tell you, like, hey, it's not, like, it's not going to be carbonated because it's not Yeah, the fully... gravity's not right. Right. It, like, all those things that, like, some, like a layman like me, who knows even less even less than you guys who aren't brewers, like, for me to, for like, but you guys understand the process more than I do. That's all I'm saying. But, like... Yeah, just a little bit more. Not much more. But no, I, not I much. get what you're saying. But, yeah, I mean, and it's just that experience you can't, you can't buy and you can't, um, you can't fake it either. And, and I think, uh they get something inherently in the way they act that I, I, I think it's just um, instinctual is that by that boosting all craft breweries boosts themselves like it, it really is this this big community it's a celebration of beer it's at a Col- celebration at of beer yeah, yeah and it's it's more than just a oh they need to brew this because uh, you know, Treehouse, half hour away or whatever, more than that. But, you know, and they're, you know, releasing all these hazy juice bombs. And, like, Cold Harbor's had some pretty good New England IPAs. But, they, like, some of the they best. Don't, they don't let that own them. They brew what they want to brew. Oh, yeah. They're, and they're they don't not... let the people dictate that. You know where, and they, they do well for themselves. I think right. I hope like to think they are. They've been there. They've, and they've, they've been, been upgrading in business for five years. Yeah. So, yeah. so. And they keep upgrading. And 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 I gotta say, like they do make most of their money off of those like you know delicious, insane IPAs that Jeremy brews. Right. And, and he'll tell you like, that. he still has room to yeah. be able to do all the other things. Uh, you know where they would kill it, Portland, Maine. I feel like their selection, yeah, and and repertoire of beers, uh, is a wide enough array, a wide enough variety of styles where it's, I, I don't know, I always get the feel, outside of Massachusetts at least, that it's, you know, there's more to beer than the New England IPA, which they acknowledge, but a lot of the hype culture in Massachusetts doesn't, so. Right, we're in like a But we need them, so they can never move. So, right. you know, like. <laughs> we're, we're in a concentrated area where like the importance of the New England IPA is literally keeping a lot of these microbreweries alive, right? Yeah. So it's like, so it's like they have the the hype is most centralized here for a reason. Yeah. A the style was developed, technically not in Massachusetts, but you know, like we popularized. Beat it to death, so. Yeah, exactly. We've beat the <laughs> like dead everything horse. else. <laughs> yeah, like that meat is tender. If you like horse meat, oh, it's real tender. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, I, I I think it's nice that we had a a large. Se- segment of this yeah kind of an homage to 
one of the best breweries I've ever been to with some of the best people and the, certainly the best, most on the nose, like true beer culture that I've experienced in, in, in Cold Harbor. I, some I think of the it's best great. hospitality I've ever seen from yeah, a same. brewery. I, I don't, I don't want to compare them to Suarez because it's obviously like very different. Like Suarez is very traditional. But I was going to say Cold Harbor... They don't really fall into the traps of a lot of the craft brewing shit other than, like, they do make the New England IPAs. But even those are very tasteful. Like, uh, is it still called Sister Summer? Yeah. I think, yeah, no, it's called, they, I think it's called Sister Sister now. Sister, okay. And then they also, what he always wanted it to oh, be. and then Juice Freak. Juice Amazing. Freak is, is probably the best IPA I've had in two years. Yeah. And, and I love that. Single IPA. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of that. Citra I, I just, only. I think that... And, and like I had said, they don't let... They do a New England IPA, but they don't let it own them. Right. They don't, don't let it own you. You're, the, Jeremy knows the styles. He, he knows how to, like... I mean, I've had plenty of different... Like, you can get a bigger variety there than you can at a lot of breweries. Or at least at least when I've gone, I've gotten that impression. Um, and I, I like that. I like to be able to go to a brewery, try different styles that you might not try. Whether it's lager styles or um like they definitely had some european they have everything else right yeah they've 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 done half of isons they've yeah. done uh other things that i can't even think of yeah they've, right. they've done stuff all over the map but i like that they but what they have not done is they have not done a single pastry stout nope they have not done a single triple ipa all this excess that we're talking nope. about cold harbor for a brewer, for a brewery that was born in that cycle of Hype and within and that bubble, yeah, yeah, they have they have stayed true to what they want to do, and that's why, like, I don't know, I don't know if that's the owner, I don't know if that's Will, I don't know if that's Jeremy, and I don't know if it was the. Brewer. I think it's the two of them together. I think it's that Will like trusts Jeremy to make the best choices on beer, and I think Jeremy like understands that in order to like be able to survive in this market, you have to make a New England IPA. Right, but he never goes far farther than that away from like what he believes is like the true essence of beer and, and, and he, beer culture. And he doesn't let what he has to do consume what he wants to do. No, nope. like he'll he'll brew he'll happily brew the IPAs and and he improves them. Like like Juice Freak, the first iteration of Juice Freak was an excellent beer. The second iteration of Juice Freak was fucking amazing, as Tom just. Dispersed his beer onto Tony's lawn. In a, I had enough. I, <laughs> yeah, had I enough. hear you. Yeah. Um, it's sweet. It, it like, what did you think as it warmed up? Because I don't, I don't think it's changed quite as um, much as some I others. I thought my initial, the scent I got, um, it had me really excited, and I was just let down. I, it was, it's a really? vanilla. Um, it's That's a, kind of a one eighty. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought the. I was expecting um, just a really flavorful stout, and it, it's funny because the more sh- bullshit you add, uh, or at least in a beer like this, I think uh, you're taking away from the flavor from with yes. this by saturating your palate. So, you know, I, I addition by like, subtraction is a real thing with beer. Absolutely, and and I think um, I aged on Spanish cedar. I got none of that. Most are coffee. I didn't really get any coffee notes either but i know that coffee will be keeping me up tonight (laughs) so thank you trillium and jay wakefield uh the vanilla i got a strong vanilla flavor um but it was like it it was just like 
sweet vanilla. Sweet, sweet, sweet vanilla. That's, that's kind of, yeah, it's I was just trying like, to pinpoint that when we were first started. Like, it blends with the booziness. It's not a super boozy I didn't think it was stout, boozy at all. But um, that sweetness of oh, booze and vanilla. Too much. It, like, I don't know, it, it, it takes away from everything else. Yeah, year. I got nothing except uh, sweet vanilla. Yeah. Sweet, thick vanilla. Yeah. Thick with two or three C's, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. It's the kind it, of thing uh, I like. It wasn't really good. It didn't really take me anywhere. No. Besides it, that one initial like flavor note that I got, which I enjoyed in the in the beginning, but then after a full cup of it, I was all yeah. Set. Like I was all set after the first sip. I think. S- same. I I you know, and I thought that, and I was just like, how long is it going to take before I pour the rest of this out? And I actually made it. Let's. I mean, you made it pretty far. I made it pretty far. We I'm know impressed. how I. I pulled the trigger on this pretty quick now. Oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, you did. If, you don't fuck you around. Know, it, it, this is, you know, about eight ounces each, a uh, little more than that. And oh, I'm feeling it. About three ounces in, I've, <laughs> I've had enough. In yeah. all honesty, I, I think, uh, and, you know, I've upped that. I said three ounces for this beer. I'm usually at two for the style. So uh, <laughs> I drank all eight because I am a gluttonous piece of shit. But uh, <laughs> I... Yeah, no, I mean, did I enjoy every sip? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> did I, was it enjoyable? It wasn't bad. I like the beer. I just, I'm, I, that's why I love tastings. You can never fucking have half of that beer by yourself. The whole bottle, you Forget would be about it. Yeah. I had coworkers that would drink a full bottle. Like, I had a coworker I've that, like, housed a bottle of avocado. And I was just like, I almost called 911. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I thought he was going to go into cardiac arrest. The ambulance shows up. You're like, he and, drank and I one whole bottle of avocado. He drank a full bottle of avocado. <laughs> oh, shit. And then, you know, like, they pump airli- his stomach They airlift him to the nearest hospital. Yeah. It's, uh, it, like, would you drink 25.4 fluid ounces of chocolate syrup? Because that's essentially <laughs> what it's like. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't. It's not, I wouldn't. It's not on my list. But I, I probably would before I drink 25.4 ounces of this. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Dude, the Hershey's, the Hershey's like chocolate syrup. Have you ever had that? Of course I've had that. Unbelievably this good. This is thicker than it, though. <laughs> <laughs> this is thicker than Hershey's chocolate syrup. Oh, I love Hershey's chocolate syrup. Hershey's chocolate syrup, if you want to sponsor this podcast, fucking be Reach out. Uh, Currently not a sponsor, but yes, we're always Canningrunpod at gmail.com. I will lather my body with your product if it helps you sell it, which that will definitely discourage people from buying it. But, uh, yeah, anyone who wants to... <laughs> can send anyone who an wants email. to lather me up with anything, canningrunpod at canningrunpod at gmail.com. Yeah. I'm here all week. Next beer. All right.